Hello and welcome to the Medjlis Podcast, Radio for Europe, Radio Liberty's current affairs talk show focusing on Central Asia. I'm Bruce Paneer, host of the Medjlis and author of the Central Asia and Focus newsletter. Kyrgyzstan has a new flag and many citizens of the country are not happy about that. The manner in which Kyrgyz authorities rapidly proposed then approved changes to the flag the country has had for more than 30 years alarmed many. But it also said much about the way Kyrgyzstan is governed now, and that's the topic of our conversation today. And to discuss all this, I am joined by Viola Saitbek, chairwoman of the NGO Freedom for Eurasia and a member of the working group advocating for a global Every Woman Treaty to end all forms of violence against women and girls, and Admir Kurman, who is in Kyrgyzstan and is originally from Kyrgyzstan, but currently works in London as an innovation strategist and business founder. So thank you both for being on the show with me today. I don't want to start with you. Let's start with the flag. You know, like I mentioned, this went through very rapidly. When did somebody first propose this? And who do you remember was the one that proposed changing the flag? I don't remember the exact dates, but I think the the first uh, proposals or ideas were circulated sometime at the um, in, in the fall of last year. And then afterwards... It was really quickly adopted, and um, Japarov, Sadir Japarov, has actually even made um, a speech during his Kurultai uh, when he provided his arguments and uh, explanation of why he decided to propose uh, this change of the flag. And strangely, he said that he, he, he spoke with his father-in-law and that his father-in-law has told him that he really doesn't like the way the, the flag looks. Um, Japara has also uh, said that the, the flag looks like resembles a sunflower and that people outside of Kyrgyzstan were asking him whether or not we are you know, as a country, we specialize in growing sunflowers because we have a sunflower on our flag. So it was, it was, it was a very strange process, to be honest with you. Okay, thank you, Lada. Uh, Admir, um, let me ask you about that. Um, you know, were you, you growing up in Kyrgyzstan? Were you surprised with all the problems in Kyrgyzstan that they face right now that the flag all of a sudden was a to- changing the flag was a topic of conversation? Yes, well, uh, this is the least um, problem that that we needed to, you know, to be solved at the at the, uh, at, at the moment, because uh, we've got some um, other th- things to do in this in this country. We actually we've got to think about how to grow our uh, um, our economy, how to you know to to do the trade deals with uh, other countries, uh, how to improve those deals. Um, how to trade with China? How to uh, you know tackle the geo ge- geopolitical uh, issues with uh, Russia and etc. But um, all of a sudden, you know, we started you know discussing uh, this flag issue, uh, which actually we we never thought about it uh, before as a problem. But now it's uh, it's it's our it's become a, a kind of a the national problem for for Kyrgyz citizens, and um, of course, uh, well, this is the changing the flag is just the ne- next silly decision, which came uh, out of the of the president's office. Initially, it all began from um, <clears throat> changing the constitution, 
uh, we were kind of a parliamentary demo- uh, country uh, based on parliamentary democracy. But um, then the president Japarov, he just you know came around and started changing uh, you know our constitution, and then it went up to uh, some other problems, and now we ended up with changing the flag. No, you know, let me ask you a follow-up question here, and we're going to get more into what you were just talking about in the second half of the show too. But you know, the way that the way that they push through this change than the flag, and we're going from an idea to becoming approved by by the parliament, and then ended up, you know, with a new flag. There was a lot of opposition to this idea. But can you talk a little bit about you know the government's reaction? There didn't seem to be much public debate, and at least judging from what was on social networks, it seemed to be an unpopular decision, but the government didn't seem to care about that. No, no, they didn't. They uh, they don't really care about um, anything, uh, anything that citizens think or people think about. So uh, they just do the, what they want to do or they think that they need to do. So there, there was a lot of opposition in the country, of course, uh, on social media, people I mean, uh, I don't think you you'll find somebody uh, in the Kyrgyz Republic who w- who would you know appreciate this idea or support this idea. There might be some a few bunch of people, probably loyal to president, who would support this idea. But um, the majority, no, no, they didn't like and any single bit of this idea. Okay, thanks, um, Lila. You already mentioned a few, a couple of minutes ago that you know President Chaparov had brought this up at the Kuril Tai. He was looking to get support. Now let's back it up a little bit. Now I, I remember we were talking about this at the time when when they first started to go public with this idea. Chaparov had all these statements that he made about what the, the difference the flag would make for Kyrgyzstan by changing the flag. So can you talk a little bit about that, and then we'll get to the parliamentary process of uh, about approving the flag. Yeah, uh, Japarov has actually uh, spoke about his belief that um, when we change the flag, that you know all of the problems of Kyrgyzstan will be solved and um, the country will become very successful, very economically developed, and all of the other problems will be solved through the changing of this flag. He you know, uh, somehow um, it explained it with a very, you know, that, that the symbol plays a very important sort of like a, you know, basically magic role um, that once we have this new flag, um, that the life will improve for everyone immediately as soon as that flag will be raised, which is quite it's, it's quite strange um, because obviously everybody understands that problems will be solved when somebody, you know, solves them. And, um, you know, the work gets done when somebody does the job, um, which has really nothing to do with any, you know, symbolic things such as the flag or, uh, you know, logos or anything like that. Um, the problem, though, is – and he actually <laughs> – he actually even admitted during Kurultai that it was completely his idea that he um, spoke with Norlan Shakiv, the Speaker of Parliament, and uh, talked him into changing the state, you know, symbol, and uh, also asked him to to get this through the Parliament as as fast as possible. Interestingly, 
the this uh, this caused not only the disagreement with this you know civil society with people on the streets, and we saw a lot of interviews that the journalists have done on the streets, asking people what they think about this um, this initiative of the president, and obviously people were just really laughing. It actually has caused disagreement within the sports community. That was an interesting uh, thing as well. And um, the sportsmen have um, expressed their opinion and their plans to continue fighting and uh, participating in the, in the competitions under the old flag. And also, you know, there is also the attempts of Sadir Japarov to kind of, you know, give this, this, um, this initiative, you know, a very important spiritual meaning might actually have something to do with the rumors that have been circulating around for quite some time. And people from his, uh, from his entourage speak about this as well. Not publicly, obviously, that he, um, he is very much into, how do I, how do I even, you know, into psychic things. And, um, there, there was even a talk of him consulting with a psychic who told him that if he changes the flag, that he has to change the flag if he wants to, uh, to continue, uh, staying in power and to ensure his success. So it's, yeah, it really has no practical reason um, at all. There was no, no real reason for him to, to change it. It was just, you know, he decided to, to, to make it happen out of nowhere. And that's what he did. Something like that. We also see, I guess, in, in, uh, in leaders of the, uh, neighboring countries, I guess the craziest being the Turkmen president, the older one, I mean, uh, Berdu Mohammed of the father, uh, whose initiatives are just kind of similarly illogical and cannot be explained by some practical reasons. So yeah, this was, it was just, um, should I say in Russian, it was just his khatyalki. How do you translate khatyalki in English? Just his want. It was just his immediate wish, and that's what he did. Um, before I let you go, let me talk about, you mentioned the parliamentary speaker, Shakib. And um, what about the parliamentary procedure, right? They, they went before parliament, and they had a chance to do it. Now, it passed on the first reading, uh, but then when they had the, then it needs to pass three readings. Can you tell me what happened in the second and third reading? Yeah, well, the, 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 the flag, um, this, this, um, bill on changing the flag, um, was actually adopted on the 19th of December, if I remember correctly. And it was adopted immediately during the second and third reading in, in this uh, profile committee of the parliament. And, uh, on the next day, it was approved, uh, at the general assembly in the parliament as well. Um, there wasn't really much opposition to it. I mean, there was a few, I think, a, a very few um, parliament members that uh, weren't fond of the idea, but it really didn't meet much opposition in the parliament. Okay, um, then let me ask, uh, isn't it parliamentary regulations, though, that between the first and first and second reading and second and third reading, there has to be a certain interval? 
Well, there, yeah, um, there are certain protocols that needed to be followed, of course. But with, I mean, what can I say? With the Japarov's um, administration, um, any sort of decision making is does not really follow any um, any protocols or any um, laws, for that matter. Any 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 decision making that we have been able to see during his past years of his rule demonstrate um, a complete collapse of the decision-making system uh, and the, you know, approval and execution procedures are non-existent. And it seems that whenever anybody makes anything or does anything, you know, they don't even consult the law. They don't read what procedures there are in place um, in order to get it done. The problem is also with the execution, for example, if we, if you use the example of the flag, okay, so they now have approved uh, a new design of the flag. The, <laughs> the problem is they were not even able to execute that, um, th- that task. They have, they, 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 they used one flag on the square and they used another flag at the government buildings. And it turned out that the one that was put on the square had not 40, but 39 beams, I mean, rays, um, which obviously is an example of, you know, sloppiness at, you know, at, at some stage of the execution of the decision. You know, this means it, it's, uh, it's a situation of complete uh, unprofessionalism, inability to execute governance in a, in a proper manner and the reaction of the authorities to the criticism again from the citizens who have noticed this mistake was not that that was that would be expected in a normal situation in a normal country where the executive was supposed to apologize if they have allowed such a mistake i mean it's a stupid mistake Right. They, instead of apologizing, they, <laughs> they went and took down the flag during the night when they realized that the people were chattering about this on social media and laughing. Um, they took down the flag at night. Um, they ca- calculated the, the rays and they, <laughs> they've, you know, replaced the flag with the one that has 40 rays. But the problem is the one that they are using now is also different from the one that was approved by the parliament. These these designs are not the same. These are different designs. You know, there is there is certainly the system is broken and um how they are going to govern for the for the rest of their term is is certainly a big question when they're unable to execute things like this. I mean, what are they going to do with bigger issues? Is the question. Okay, thank you. Uh, Admir, let me get back to you. You know, uh, Lila had mentioned that sportsmen, for instance, said that they were, uh, they were going to continue to use the old flag. But there was a lot of other opposition from citizens in the country, you know, and, and the name, um, uh, Aftandil, uh, Jorobeko is, is one that comes to mind. Can you describe his situation and, and a little bit more about the situation, about the people's reaction inside the country on social network to the, the changing of the flag? Uh, well, yes. Um, Aftandil uh, Jorobekov, he he's um, 
he's an activist and he's been um, he's famous for making uh, for stepping up and uh, voicing you know social issues uh, and addressing them to the uh, government through protests and through you know engaging people on social media uh, and etc and he was already pres- um, arrested uh, probably last year i think I, if i'm not mistaken for some reason for some political uh, things and then he was released and then now he's been doing his you know governing um, working with his um, with his uh, social media page called uh, called bespredel kg which means uh, injustice kg i think putting up uh, you know posts and publications about all these dodgy things that are happening um, in the, in the government and he's the you know he he also the you know kind of made a protest on on social media and uh, and gained support uh, on that regarding uh, the changing the flag and he organized uh, um he organized a, what was it i think it was a it, it was a kind of two gatherings so one was for uh, to bring people to the square named after gorky where people usually go and you know tell things about what they don't like in the country and the other thing was uh, he was organizing an um like a driving the car driving you know thing to you know to show the protests against the changing the flag so he he's been dealing with that and then because of course Jafarov and his team didn't like it uh he he got arrested and he's now in in the prison i think under under the some kind of can i can i also add um a couple of words on him yeah, it's please. interesting that I mean he's he's not just a blogger and he's not just you know the the administrator of this Bispridel KG uh, page on social media um, and he's not just an activist I mean that's a person that graduated from the uh, high, higher higher school of political economic uh, research in Tokyo in Japan uh, I mean he's he's a pretty good professional uh, when it comes to you know political economic issues. And so instead of <laughs> instead of taking into consideration the the things that people like that say because I mean they might be saying good things right if you are you know if you're a president of the country or leading a country um a, a, you know uh, leading some government agency you probably want to listen to people like that even if they are not a part of your cabinet but instead of taking into account these opinions when people are telling you this is probably not the best decision to do or me to take and this is probably not the best thing to do so instead of doing that um the kyrgyz authorities are resorting to to old tactics um that we've already seen in the past that don't work um of putting people uh in jail and uh on fabricated charges as always which yeah sometimes really end in uh in in resulting in tragic uh situations you know of people spending lengthy time in prison for for nothing for just voicing their opinion and their opinion is probably correct 
so this is um, this is the hallmark of um, Japan's administration is they make stupid decisions. Um, they don't want to listen to people that tell them that these decisions are stupid, and they are basically trying to destroy um, anyone and everyone, big or small, who are able or brave enough to say that what they're doing is just not what the president of the country should be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And also, um, coming back to the sports people, I would just say that, you know, most of them, they are, you know, it's a young generation. The That sportsman, uh, Jolman jo- jo- Sharshenbekov, he is, uh, I think he's about 20-something, 25, maybe 24. Yeah, about there, I would say. I mean, this guy, he, he, who, he was born in the... Um, maybe 20 years ago, and he never saw any other flags of Kyrgyz Republic. This is the flag he was born with, and he loves this flag. He, he, he you know, did, um, uh, you know, took part in the competition, sports competitions under this flag. And, you know, lo- he loves this flag as he loves, uh, as he would love his mom or his da- dad or, you know, nan or granddad. So and the same actually with other people, with other young generations. So they don't really think that our flag looks, you know, quirky, odd, or you know, wrong. They ne- we d- we don't have these th- things in our mind minds. But you know, this is just all of a sudden, out of the blue, president <clears throat> comes up with this silly, stupid idea, saying, "Oh, I would like now today." I wake up. Uh, I woke up, and I decided to change the flag. So this is what is happening. Hmm. Uh, thanks, and you know, I should mention too at this point that that the head of the National Security State Committee for National Security, Kamshibek Tushiev, uh, after the athletes started to say they were going to compete under the under the old flag, using the old flag, I think his quote was "Let them try," which was uh, definitely seemed to be a threat. And also, uh, I have to mention about um, Jorobekov, too, that he's facing charges of calling for mass unrest, right? For for asking people to come out and protest against the flag and, and trying to arrange this auto rally against the new flag. Um, they're charging him yes. with, yeah, with calling for mass unrest, right? Okay. And I just want to do one more thing before we get to the middle of the program. I also want to mention what um, we'd been talking that there was... Uh, only 39 rays of, from the sun on, on the flag that they hoisted. And this this made it all over social networks, right? And, uh, you know, it was a, obviously it's a very embarrassing moment. The authorities have dealt with this very harshly, haven't they? I mean, uh, the, the head of the presidential administration, uh, Kenny Beck Tumanbayev, um, said that people should be should face charges for 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 posting that there was only 39 rays uh, from the sun. Um, and, and in fact... The State Committee for National Security is calling people in, as my understanding is, uh, uh, calling people in for questioning if they saw that they were posting about this. Is that correct? Yes, they have. Um, there were at least five people, uh, as far as I know, that were called in to, uh, to questioning by Gakainbe, uh in the last few days, I would say. And um, the, yeah, this is this the, the reaction to criticism was quite harsh by the Erbia Kuronbekov and also the other um, members of Japarov's uh, Sadr Japarov's and Tashiv's team. And I think 
this reaction, um, this reaction to to criticism generally. I mean, it's not just the flag. They're just afraid of anybody opposing any of their initiatives. You know, whether it's a flag or anything else, this this was their reaction to any criticism. And um, if we look at the cases of uh, you know political persecution in the last couple of years, um, there were just so many cases. None of the administration was as effective in cracking down on the um, on the critics as Sadur Japarov and Tashif were. Um, there were the the people that, for example, criticized their decision on Kimbirabad. Uh, water reserve. They're still partially arrested and in jail and partially under house arrest. Um, the people who criticize their flag initiative, uh, we're, you know, we're yet to see what is going to happen to them because they, they have said that they will, uh, open, open criminal cases against people posting anything on Facebook about this. I mean, this is, this is becoming pretty. Um, this has become pretty scary. Perfect. And that helps. It's a great segue into the second half of our show. Uh, but I want to remind that we're talking about the recent decision to change the Kyrgyz flag and what it says about the way Kyrgyzstan is governed. And my guests are Admir Kurman from Kyrgyzstan. Uh, but currently, Admir works in London as an innovation strategist and he's a business founder. And Lila Said Beck, the chairwoman of the NGO Freedom for Eurasia and a member of the working group advocating for a global everyday every woman treaty to end all forms of violence against women and girls. Thank you. And Admir, let me get to you first. You had mentioned at the start that this was very similar to uh, the way that they changed, decided they were going to vote for a new constitution. And that that's why I wanted to bring up this whole issue of the flag to begin with. This actually is a great example of the way this com- this country is governed um, since they passed what was dubbed the Constitutia, right? Can you walk me through a little bit about what's changed with civil society groups, for instance, since the passing of this new constitution? Uh, well, I mean, uh, from uh, from the last, uh, from the previous uh, revolution in 2010, since then we, uh, our country uh, kind of took the path of towards the you know parliamentary democracy and uh, and overall you know we adopted all the demo- democratic you know values and worked on freedom of um, speech uh, freedom of uh, press and all these you know other good things for, uh, you know to become even more happier and um, more free society, uh, but with this um, president, I think it, it just went wrong from from the beginning when uh, he decided to change the constitution and make it more presidential, more make our country more presidential rather than parliamentary, and that's I think where he went wrong, um, and of course this allowed him to. Uh, make our country uh, or make himself more uh, despotic and adopt all these, you know, um, how would you say, uh, authoritarian uh, style of uh, management. And of course, um, his friend, who is the leader, uh, who is them, who is them, um, 
how would you say? The head of security, right? The head of security, yes. Uh, Mr. Tashif, he he's a little bit uh, kind of a despotic person. And, uh, you know, you, this team of two despotic people doing and working well uh, towards making our country uh, totalitarian, authoritarian towards this regi- regime. And, of course, this uh, affected quite badly uh, the civil society and including those um, laws they have uh, adopted uh, regarding the NGOs to you know the, the NGO um, bill that they adopted uh, and other things then it all uh, had a you know bad impact on um, civil movement so uh, yes uh, the I think uh, it's degrading now uh, the civil society the civil movement, it became less active. It's very obvious, by the way, uh, at the moment. Uh, and yeah, this is how we ended up. Okay, yeah. uh, thank you. Um, you know, I agree too. That, that that's always one of the things that's puzzled me. Is civil society uh, it was one of the backbones or one of the big main uh, supports of Kyrgyzstan um, all these years. And Lila, I want to get to you too, and kind of in the same vein, now that, you know, civil society, Kyrgyzstan long ago was dubbed the island of democracy. Now, the things that stuck up out of the ocean of of, uh, authoritarianism that was around Kyrgyzstan was civil society, independent media, and a strong political, or at least vocal, political opposition. Um, Can you talk a little bit about political opposition and and independent media? Even currently... Yeah, in the last two years. Well, um, the problem with the the uh, the opposition uh, during this administration's term is that the 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 most outspoken ones are in jail, and I mean there are some 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 of them who are quite controversial, such as Biknazara, for example. But um, nevertheless, he is. Um, he is a very influential politician, and people remember him, especially people of the older generation. They know him. The It seems that the opposition has been weakened by the last two years of the current administration's um, activities, and partially um, it was... Uh, it was done through use of criminal uh, groups, of course, um, which have supported this administration from the start and actually have been uh, instrumental in bringing Sadr Japarov to um, to presidency. So um, during during that time, during the past two years, um, Sadr Japarov and Tashiv have pretty much crushed the opposition. They have opened numerous criminal cases against um, activists. And there are activists that have been in jail um, two years ago, for example, at the start of their uh, of their term. They have been released and they have been put back in jail just, you know, in the in the in the in the last couple of months again. Um, so they're just not, you know, not letting people to even raise their head at all. The way that they're clearing their field is quite ruthless. And we can also see that from the example of how their ally uh, Kolbaev was uh, removed from the field with 
um, with just one one swift stroke by the sheriff. So yeah, this this is the situation with the opposition. Um, although I think the opposition uh, leaders that are in jail currently, they still don't lose their spirits. They are still holding uh, strong. They're denying the the charges. With the civil society, the situation is more complicated because um, the current administration is taking steps to restrict their activities. Um, they have already taken steps to limit the right to free assembly, for example, and made it basically impossible for people to gather for a protest, for a peaceful protest anywhere. You know, when, for example, before it was kind of limited to certain areas in Bishkek, now it's not even allowed in Osh. It's not allowed anywhere. So anything that looks like a, a protest, so even a small one, will lead to people, you know, being either called, uh, called in for questioning by the gang there or, um, or maybe lead to, to a criminal case. And people understand this. Um, I think there is also a lot of fear. In this, in among among the citizens, among the activists as well, because this um, this time it's it it seems to be quite different. It it seems to be different from the previous administrations. It's more it's more violent. Uh, we can also see that from the deaths that happened in detention centers of people that have been imprisoned by this administration. I think there were so far how many, at least. Four now deaths of critics while in detention, and um, their methods are are quite quite scary. So there is um, there is also a lot of self censorship that I feel among the activists. Uh, yeah, I was. I just said um, you know that that was that was. I had heard four. This was the fourth uh, today. Uh, yeah. When when. Um... We had the most recent death in custody. Okay, we're, we're getting to the end of the show, but I want to ask the last question. I'll start with you, Lila, and then, uh, uh, Admir, I will give you the last word after that. But we started with the flag because the what I, the big question here is, should we even be surprised at the way they've gone about approving this, this new flag? Or, or is this actually, like I said, this is the character of the government that we're seeing, and, and this is just further evidence of the way they intend to govern the country? Well, um, we, I mean, this is just a demonstration that we have a petty tyrant leading the country right now. You know, someone who can make arbitrary decisions, um, not based on any, you know, practical, um, need or that there will be no substantiation for any of his decisions. He wants to do something. He'll do something. And, um, there is nobody really who, um, who would question him, at least not in his entourage. In the way he approached the flag issue is 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 just so um, ridiculous because I mean it, from from the very beginning what what he was saying he said you know he started with this um, this really silly story of him being young and how he was sitting with his family and celebrating and um, and the flag was just um, adopted this old flag in 1991. 
and that um, there was this discussion among uh, among his um, his guests that it was just a wrong flag and it needs to be corrected. So he decided to correct it. He didn't he didn't even provide any logical reason of why. And now we now ended up in a situation where um, he <laughs> changed the flag, but we don't know what is the final version of it because there are several. Um, <laughs> there is there is one that has been adopted by the parliament. There is another one that was amended, edited by the cabinet. And then there is a, a third one that is hanging on the square. So, I mean, which one is it? And it's it's not a small issue, right? Because this is the issue of recognition of the country. This is a symbol of the country that will be used by other countries somewhere on international platforms. So which flag should be used, you know, for example, in the UN? I mean, who is going to clarify this? And it's, it seems to be simple, but it's really not. Um, and this is a demonstration of how the current administration is just unable to execute its uh, functions in a proper way where there will be no, you know, no confusion um, in, in, in such decisions. And I'm pretty sure that this is probably th- this is something that can be seen throughout, uh, you know, across the board and everything they do. OK, thank you. I'm there. We'll give you the last word then. What is it? What is this whole fiasco with changing the flag? Tell us about the Kyrgyz, current Kyrgyz government. Oh, well, uh, I think it's just a good, uh, uh, the best illustration uh, how the Kyrgyz government, the current Kyrgyz government is working uh, or not working. So uh, it's a good, you know, the changing the flag and all these, you know, random things happening happened recently, in few days, a few days ago. Uh, they are just a good, um, they symbolize the current presidential regime. As I said, it all started from changing the constitution and then they silenced the parliament and then we don't know how, what money they are using, where do they take this money from. They never t- told us to build all these offices for the the security the security office, the regional security offices in all other towns and cities. So um, we never know how much we earn from Kumtor and from the gold, where the gold is going. We don't know anything. We, we don't know what's going on there. It's not transparent in terms of budgeting, in terms of, you know, the state budget, in terms of how much money we're making, how much money we're, you know, spending. We don't know how, how, how much money they are spending for their flights, from private jets. Where do they take me this money from? We don't know anything. So this is a good illustration. The, the flag issue is a good illustration of what, how this government manages things and um, operates. And actually, I'm quite happy that it happened. As Leila mentioned, that they, they put up some one one flag and then it turned out that it was the wrong one and then, uh, you know, all these funny things happened. I'm quite happy with this because this this is clearly showing for, you know, ordinary citizens how their beloved president, I mean, those who, who support Japarov, how their beloved president, um, you know, works and manages things. Okay, great. Uh, well, thank you, Lila, and thank you, Admir, for being on the program. 
And a big thank you, as always, to Nathan Shoemaker, our Medjolis podcast producer in Washington, D.C. And a reminder, you can subscribe to the Medjolis podcast or the Central Asia and Focus newsletter by visiting Radio Free Europe, Radio Liberty's website at rfarl.org. Thanks, and we'll be back.